and Gron and others, Bill, uh, you prepare something and then you're just not sure if that's exactly what you're supposed to do. So um, if we could just take a quick second, because I know we're running short on time and some of you probably have obligations. And so if you need to leave, um, we will talk about you when you go, but uh, feel free to, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, not really kidding, but we, I, I, no, we won't, we won't talk about you, but if, in all seriousness, if you have obligations you need to go, please, that we understand. Um, but let's just pray and see what the Lord wants us to hear, and then we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper this morning, um, and then we'll, we'll close out with that. So, um, Father, you are um, miraculous and marvelous and beautiful and wonderful and um, thoughtful and compassionate and gracious and merciful and um, you, you are provisional and um, you um, just are just more wonderful than we could ever hope to possibly imagine. And um, the only way that we seem to, Paul seems to say that, that we can really comprehend how much you love us and who you are is by doing it together. He says that in Ephesians 3. And um, praise that we would be united and established in love, Lord. And we'd have power together with all the saints to grasp how long and wide and high and deep is your love for us. And Lord, I, I, I would just humbly ask this morning that you would, that as we get into your word, um, for whatever you have for us to hear, whatever I'm supposed to say, that you would guide that time, but that you would use it, um, Lord, as we are gathering together here, but also as as millions upon millions of your your people are gathering in other places and locations that together we could more fully grasp who you are um, than we could do on our own and that you would do the miraculous, Lord, that you would help us um, just to understand you in your fullness because as Paul also prayed, you are able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. We, we can't imagine you like revealing to us the, the fullness of your love, but somehow through each other, through the body, you're able to do that. So please, Father, reveal that. Continue to reveal us to that to us today as we study your word and, and guide this time for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, if you have a Bible, quickly turn to Colossians chapter 4. Um, and um, we... we Fortunately, have just very few verses that we were hoping to cover today, um, but I, the Lord just knows what He's doing, and I, I pray that the God would continue to reveal the fullness of His love because He's already been doing that, right? And that's just beautiful, and we should never overlook that. It's not like we just get to the sermon and that's where it all happens. It's just not not the case. Not that it's unimportant, but it's all important, and so. Um, Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2, we're going to go to verse 6. Paul writes this to the Colossian church. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so, um, Paul is, in, in this text that we're looking at today, is focusing on prayer. And um, he's focusing on it for, like, in the life of, like, your immediate kind of life or the immediate life of their church, the Colossian church. And then he, he, he's also focusing on, as he tells them, to also pray for him. 
Um, and, and Paul's obviously not with the church. He's writing a letter to them. He's not with them, and he's, he's begging them to pray for, for him as well. And, and the purpose of that prayer is kind of the same for both groups. Um, he, 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 he first, in, in verse 2, says, Devote yourselves to prayer and be watchful, being watchful and, and thankful. And um, I love that. Because um, I, I, I feel like there's like a, a persistent, constant nature to, to prayer that, that he, is, he is highlighting there. Um, uh, to, to be watchful and to, and to, to be thankful. And I, that word, um, being watchful, can, could maybe more accurately be literally, more literally translated to keeping awake in prayer. So um, what, I think part, part of what... I had, I, my grandmother just passed away a few weeks ago. And um, bless her heart, when she got older, we would go to visit her and she would say some things that just weren't right, like that I painted her nails, like it, like, and I, I do not paint nails, like that's just one thing I draw the line, right? So, like, but we would also be having conversations, like in her room or with her, and all of a sudden we'd look over and she was just like zonked out, like completely out, and she'd sleep through most of the conversation. She'd wake up at the end of it and then have something to say as though she had been with it the whole time. And then we'd continue into another like, aspect of the conversation. She'd zonk out again. And, and we just keep going on. Like, and I think that's sometimes how we live in prayer. Like we zonk out and we wake up and we're like, oh yeah, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm praying again. And then we zonk out again. And then we, and we don't like, live this persistent lifestyle of like prayer. And like, in two ways. Like, I don't think, I think Paul would like to challenge the church to like, be, keep watchful, like, to, to stay awake. Like, personally, I don't know about you, I'm pretty sure, because I struggle with this, but I have, like, over the course of my life, struggled with, like, constantly, like, being in prayer, like, personally, like, on a daily basis, like, setting aside time to, like, just spend with the Lord in prayer. Like on a regular daily basis, it's been more intermittent. Like I'll pray this day, and then I'll get too busy, and then I'll pray a couple of days later, and then I'll get too busy, and it'll be three weeks later, and I'll, I'll and and I, I think we need to keep awake in a way that we're praying on a regular basis for and consistently praying for things like keeping a journal or a log, like staying awake in prayer personally and, and privately. But then also, I think in the context of our lives, as we're walking out day by day, we need to be awake as we're walking through life in, in prayer. Like we, we, as, we're, as we're going to, driving down the road, and somebody mentioned this, I'm not going to call them out tonight, but somebody at our community group said they have a real problem with like driving and not getting angry at other people. Like, and like, we need to be like constantly like driving and be in prayer so that we are not getting, and I've done it too. This, somebody was tailgating me the other day. Like, so I can totally relate to this unnamed person. Like, uh, because I got really angry at the person behind me. And then all of a sudden I was in preparation for this. I was like, you need to be watchful in prayer, John. And rather than getting, letting myself get more angry, I began to pray for the person behind me. And I think that's a sense of what Paul is, is getting at. We need to keep awake in prayer, personally, privately, but also in the context of, of the entirety of our lives. We need to be aware of it. 
and its role. And then he also says that we need to be thankful. And what happens in our lives if we don't consistently recall what we have? And not just the things, but more but the more important aspects of our lives, like relationships and even, even the most important relationship with, with Jesus. When I think when we don't constantly recall the blessings that we have, we are consumed with thoughts about what we are missing. We, are, we quickly look around and compare our lives to that person or that person or this person and, and what they have that we are lacking. And as a result, we get discouraged, disgruntled, and become jealous. And Paul challenges the church in part to be thankful because I think it seems to keep our lives in perspective. And thankfulness serves as a constant reminder, contrary to worldly opinion, that we have far more than we could ever deserve. Like that, like that's part of what we what God was doing with us this morning as we shared. Like reminding us what we have to be thankful for. And that mindset, I think that thankful mindset keeps us positioned to pray properly as well. To pray in such a way that it's focused less on us and more on Christ than others. The first and second greatest commandments. And then he goes on and in verses 3 to like 4, 5, uh, 3 to 4 I guess, he asks for prayer for, for himself and his companions who are, are serving, um, and he, he's in chains. I, I think he even, does he even say it there? Um, for which I am in chains, in verse 3. Um, and I think that's the other aspect of prayer that we would be, be well to, to learn about as we, as we look at the Scripture this morning. Too often my prayer life is focused on me. What I need, how I feel, the struggles I'm facing right now. And not that we shouldn't pray about those things, But we can't be consumed with those things at the expense of praying for the rest of the church. We are to pray externally as well. Paul Paul requests, he requests this prayer because he is in prison. And like, he's chained to a guard. Like, he can't go anywhere or do anything for himself. When he has to go to the bathroom, the guard goes with him. Like, He's dependent on everybody else for everything that he needs, for food, for clothing, shelter. He does not have a good life at this point. And what does he ask for prayer for? He says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. In other words, he is saying, it is not about me. Pray for me, but not not that I'd get out of this. Pray for me that I would be faithful to the ministry God has called me to in this place. And I think that's key. Like, is it wrong to pray that people would get healed? No. Is it wrong to pray for that at the expense of us praying that the person who is in a place of struggle will be faithful to dispense of the ministry they've been given while they're in that place of trial? It is not right to do that. 
If anything, we should pray less for healing and, and more for proclamation, more for faithfulness. And I say that this morning because I, I think that folks in our congregation who are really struggling right now would say the exact same thing. In fact, one of them has said it. Another one is shaking his head yes. And I see many of you shaking as well. Like, our church, from a worldly perspective, may look like it's dying right now. But the truth of the matter is, it is thriving because we're not focused on the dying. We're focused on on the one who gives life and making him known. And when that happens, you actually have life, not death. And that is what Paul is asking for prayer for. It's like, like, like Bill was saying this earlier, and others of you have said it. It's, it, it's like somehow, some way, like we are alive, and this is the gospel. We are alive when we are giving ourselves away, when we are expending ourselves, when we are giving everything. Like, and I've said this before, and I believe that we are a church that really is going, is living this, and will continue to live this. But I want to show up at the finish line of life, bloodied and bruised and broken, and with nothing left in the tank, because of what Bill shared earlier. And I feel like together we're running that way. But one of the truths from this scripture is we can't run that way if we're not being supported by our brothers and sisters. Paul begs for prayer for him. Not that he would get better, but that he would be faithful because he knows that on his own, he is not going to make it. And that's one of the other beauties of what is happening at Living Legacy right now. It's like we're not... This is why I shared what I shared at the beginning of the service. We are not, most of us are not running on our own. And because of that, we're stronger now than we were before. And if we continue to run together, if we continue to carry each other, it's like Satan can throw anything he wants at us. I'm not encouraging him to do that, but he can, and he probably will. But it will not stop us. And then he says this thing, let your conversation be, uh, or he says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders in verse 5. Make the most of every opportunity. And let your conversation be, very, uh, be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know, have an answer to everyone. Uh, and when I read that, I thought of like what happened yesterday morning at the Miller's house, right? And they dug and shared about this guy, Steve, um, next door, the heathen guy. And... Um, Self-ascribed, okay? So, like, there's nothing, like, he's... And I, I'm pretty sure if he was here today, he'd be like, amen, yes. Like, he, he, like just getting to know him that little bit. So, anyway, like, we're there, and somebody, it might have been Terry or Patty, one of the two came up to me at one point and said, we are, back up a second, our community group set a, a communal goal, like a one goal for the whole group instead of individual ones this week. And you can set an individual one, but our one together was that we were going to be light in the darkness in some way that is outside of like the normal course or rhythm of our lives. And so something we wouldn't normally do. And one of them came up to me at some point in the morning, pretty early, and said, I think Steve is our darkness, right? Like, uh, like we're, and, and they were like, and we're like, and it got me excited because we're like, because we get to have this goal that we all thought we were going to work out individually. It was the same one we thought we were going to work out, but now we get to work it out as a community group together. Like it was, it was awesome. 
And, and what was really cool is Ramona didn't fall off the ledge. Like, she was over there. She's weeding. There's like a five-foot cliff behind her. And like, I'm just like wanting to grab her and pull her back. And, and, but she's over there talking to Steve. And, 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 and Wayne is talking to Steve. And Luke is talking to Steve. And, like, and everybody is. And, and then at one point, Patty pulls a couple of us aside. And we, and we hold hands. And we, we just, in the midst of everything that's going on, we just pray that God would let us be that light. And it was as if, for that hour and a half, we were devoting ourselves to prayer, being watchful and being thankful. And as a result, we were wise in the way we acted toward an outsider. And we were able to make the most of that opportunity. Our conversation was full of grace and seasoned with salt, so much so when, Steve, when he said if he came to church, he is so sinful, basically, that the walls were going to fall down. Like, and Doug or somebody had the presence of mind because we were being prayerful in what we were going to say, well, then we'll just worship outside. Right? Like it, didn't, it, did, it was like just a natural reaction because of the prayerful, mindful, watchful, thankful attitude that we had as we were going to that. We knew how to give an answer to him. And um, I just, um, I'm really thankful for this word. Like, we right now have a sister who is doing language school but is going to go, her name is Elise, and she, she is going to go into a really hostile um, country um, to serve Jesus, into a country that does not, will not love her or accept her faith. And she is going to go there and tell people about Jesus who do not want to hear about Jesus. When I read Paul's words, I thought of her. Pray for me also. Elise is going there forever. Like her pla- She has no plans to come back. And she is going there, and she's not asked, she's never once, I, that I can recall, she might have, but the majority at least, of her request for prayer are that she would be faithful in proclaiming the gospel in that place, not that she would be safe. And then we're walking and and we're doing it watchfully and thankfully and because of that, yesterday morning happened. And I, I think maybe what God wants for us this morning from His Word is to, is to be encouraged to to not stop doing what we're doing. You ever like kind of get real excited about something and it's really great for a little while, but then the luster wears off and it's not quite as cool anymore, so you stop doing it less and then eventually it just fades away and you don't do it at all anymore. I have a, if you ask Daddy, I have a lot of those things. <laughs> um, Scott and I have been talking. One of our concerns is like, I feel like we're hitting this clip with the Lord that is just really sweet and good and it has a great deal of substance. But the last thing we want is for this to be a fad. What we really desire is for this to be a lifestyle. And so our desire is that we would continue to be watchful and thankful that we would continue to pray for Elise and the other missionaries that God brings us to pray for and that we, through that prayer, would keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and not on ourselves and not even on Elise or people like her, 
but keep them fixed on Jesus and Jesus and just be consumed with Jesus getting the honor that he deserves. So that people like Steve will no longer be be people of darkness, but will be people of the light. Because we can't change them. But God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. He is able to speak something into nothing. Because of that, he is able to change them. And I know this for a fact because he changed me. And he changed you. And he wants to use us in the process of changing others, which is a distinct privilege, even if we must suffer for it. So let's be a people of prayer. Let's be a people that are mindful and that are thankful. Let's be a people that are not focused on us or our brothers and sisters, but let us be a people that is consumed with Christ so that we can always have an answer for anyone who asks that Christ would be glorified and we would be minimized and many, many men and women and children would come to know him by his power. Um, We're going to close this morning by celebrating the Lord's Supper. And um, I love that we have a paper towel covering our plate this morning Um, because... uh, It's a reminder that what is important is not how pretty it looks or what's really inside of these cups or what type of bread we have or how we take this. What is really important is what's behind it. And that is Jesus. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we are celebrating Jesus. And we're doing it as a family. And so, you know, real quickly, this is what we... uh, I like to just share this. Um, we are thankful to be a family, and we're going to celebrate this as a family. And when we come together, we just we want you to know anybody can celebrate this. As, that is a believer, that is a Christian. Doesn't matter if you are Baptist, if you are Presbyterian, if you are Episcopalian, um, if you have a, have been saved by Jesus, if you've been washed in His blood, if your sins have been taken away by Him, then we want to celebrate with you. Doesn't matter your age either. Um, and what we do is we, we have some bread. And Jesus said at the Last Supper with his disciples, um, he passed some bread around and said, Take and eat, for this is my body which is broken for you. And he passed around a cup. We have individual cups. He passed around one and he said, Drink from this, for this is the blood of the new covenant which has been shed for you. It's his blood. And he said, These represent what I am about to do for you and for many. This represents how sin is forgiven. And so we don't take this lightly. We do not take this lightly. And if there's sin in our life that that we haven't confessed, we would encourage you to do that in the next moment or two um, so that you can come into this unreservedly, so that you can come into this joyfully, um, so that you can come into this with a a clean and worshipful heart. And um, together, not individually, but together, we can celebrate the Lord and what he has done for us through this. So let's take a moment and... um, Let's confess sin if we need to do that. Pray. Now I'm going to close us in just a, a second uh, corporately and then we'll, we'll take and eat.
Jesus, um, we thank you for not treating us as our sins deserve. We thank you for being merciful and gracious towards us, for giving us what we didn't earn as well. And um, we thank you for dying on the cross to satisfy the penalty that we should have paid, for going to to hell literally on our behalf. And um, as we contemplate that, we just are overwhelmed by how much you love us. And so we, there's just really no words that we can, can utter that would really describe our gratitude today. But I think you know our hearts. And so we just, just want to say thank you. Thank you for making it possible for us to love you and to receive you. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to empower us to do better than we could do on our own. And, and for desiring to use us in this process of, of bringing other people to yourself. It's not a burden. It's, it's like a joy. And so we thank you for it. And we just would humbly ask today as we continue our worship, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, that you would be honored through it. And um, that we could do it as a family, not as individuals, but as a body. We could celebrate. And, um, and so, Lord, this time is yours. And again, we are yours. Please be honored and magnified through it for your glory and and also for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. So I must confess, like in the busyness of this morning, I didn't ask anyone to serve. So um, maybe, Bill, would you be willing to help me this morning and um, give you one of those? And then um, Wayne, would you mind helping me? Okay. I should say, would you be willing? I said, would you mind? And you were like, yeah. So that kind of, like, that's the wrong way to ask that. I think you understood what I was saying, though. So, uh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, not on top of my game here. Um, and then, um, I don't know, Ron, or, uh, actually, would you be willing to help me? Thank you. Okay. Um, so Terry's going to serve here. They, they might say something like, this is Christ's body broken for you, or this is his blood shed for you. You don't have to say that. They might say something like that. And you could say, amen, or praise God, or nothing at all. Um, you can take it and um, return to your seat and pray there. Or you can take it up here. Maybe just hold the actual bread and cup until everybody gets and we'll take them together. But feel free to pray up here beforehand or in your seat if you'd like. Um, but come as God leads you. Um, and let's we're going to celebrate together. Um, let's celebrate Jesus. So come on up. Grab some bread. Grab the blood, which represents his... Or don't the blood. I'm sorry. Grab the juice uh, that represents his blood. And we'll celebrate.